Welcome to Hot Breath Comedy Fam. On Monday, May 13th, I am teaching a clean comedy workshop. The last four I have taught sold out very quickly, so if you wanna learn about clean comedy, the business side, where the line is, how to write clean comedy, go to the link in the description of this episode, and we'll see you there. And that's what young, we all want somebody to tell us we're good enough to keep doing it. We all want some one one of the guys to go, you're good. All it is is showing up. Mm. All it is is being there and having the desire to be funny. That's all it is. Getting on stage and being there. That's it. Because if you're not there, you're not going to be there when they go, you want to go on, mm-hmm. when they need somebody. And if you're not doing it all the time, you're not going to get better. Hey, what up, Hot breath verse? We are back. Hot breath episode number 189. I am your host, comedian Joel Byers. This is the Hot Breath Podcast, your weekly guide to comedy mastery. And you know what time it is. Hot breath. Welcome back, hot brethren and sistren. I'll keep it real. The last few hot breath episodes, I have forgotten to do the hot breath. So we're getting back on track. Those of you, if this is your first time listening and you're like, what is this dude talking about? I just wanted to hear this interview. Thank you for taking the time. These intros are very brief. I just want to welcome you let you know and encourage you and remind you that if you do enjoy this episode, not only share this with your other comedian friends, but also connect with my guest. Reach out to him personally. Let him know how valuable this episode was, how much you learned, how awesome he was, just how he should help us get more comics on here. You'll hear in this episode... We'll do a little name drop that he's going to um, help out and getting on the show. And just like last week's episode with Cedric the Entertainer, we got that after doing a social media blitz, tagging him in a post, and then two days later, he's on the show. I interviewed Rich Voss a couple weeks ago, got him to shout out my guest today. Now my guest today is on the show. So we're hoping to start snowballing bigger and bigger guests through the community we're building here at Hot Breath. So if you want to connect with other listeners, we have a secret Facebook group. Go on Facebook, search Hot Breath Comedy Network. It's a good way to connect with other listeners from all around the world, literally all around the world. Just got a DM yesterday from a dude in India who's a fan of Hot Breath. So we're we're no longer... We're no longer guessing here. We are building a comedy network. So kudos to you for being a part of this movement. And let's get into this episode. This is an incredible comedian with so much wisdom you're going to enjoy. So definitely prepare yourself to take notes from this legend in the game. And with all that being said... I'll see you in the outro, hot brethren and sistren, with a very special announcement, because now it is time, as there is only one thing left to do, and that is inhale a hot breath. <laughs> <laughs> 
with Robert Kelly. Sitting up straight, at least. Yeah. Good posture. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you have your own water. Yes, this is, that's for you. Oh, great. That's for you. This, and, uh, this is a cool little room. Yeah. This I've uh, interviewed Roy Wood Jr. here as well, and um, Ian Edwards was the other. Are we so, going right now? We're about to. I was going to do your intro if you're ready oh, yeah, to rock. Sure. Let's do it. All right. Hot breath averse. Welcome back to the Hot Breath Podcast. I'm your host, comedian Joel Byers. This is your weekly guide to comedy mastery. And today's guest, this guy has lived a life of adventure. At one time, living in a three-bedroom place with 13 family members. By the age of 10, he was habitually drinking whiskey. By 13, he's in jail, where coincidentally, he learned how to be funny. By 15, he's in rehab. Since then, he's been on a comedy journey, rising up through the comedy trenches with comics like... Dane Cook, Patrice O'Neill, Bill Burr, who he actually lived with as well. This is a guy who loves comedy and also loves helping other comedians, which is why he's on the show today. He even has... Did you start Riot Cast? Did yeah, you start I, me, that? Well, me and Rob Sprantz, yeah. Okay, so he actually started a podcast network to help other comedians get their own podcast up and running. He also has his own tour, Creeps with Kids. He's had several comedy specials, but... This is about to be a comedy special all about comedy mastery. So please welcome to the Hot Breath of Verse, Robert Bobby Kelly, everyone. Robert oh, Bobby you're not Kelly. fucking around. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, actually, you actually did work yeah. and, and research. And, and you, you, uh, you, this is like, you're really trying. Yeah. This is my end. <laughs> oh, okay. This it's is so, my end. This is so funny because most <laughs> podcasts... Let me take these stupid things out. Yeah, you got your earbuds in. in. Um, <laughs> just an asshole with fucking earbuds in. Like I'm an athlete. Um, you know, an athlete would have done that. What? What did you say? Um, no. So, yeah, this is real. Like most of these things you do, mm -hmm. it's some guy, you know, with a, you learned how to use a Zoom and a camera. Yeah. Hey, will you do my And you go, okay. And then you do it. And like, dude, so how was it? You know, what? How was what? <laughs> Like, how's... Con uh, so you actually know your shit. Well, yeah, I told you this is, like, inside the actor studio for comedians. All right, And okay. this, like, I mean it. Like, I, there's... And I noticed most comics, when they they have a podcast, and it's just them trying to out-funny each other. So yeah. I, I thought, how can I start a podcast? One that I want to hear that'll also stand out from all the other comedian podcasts. Right. And here we are. Well, plus, comedians always loved to be interviewed. Yes. They're just such... We so want to tell our story. <laughs> oh, it's true. Oh, you get a comedian yapping about his life and his so. Oh, of and course. You can't shut him the fuck up. Well, we love ourselves, is what it is. We no. we love to be the center of attention. Well, comics though, it's that we're always funny. We are always busting balls or trying to find the funny. So when somebody actually asks us to be serious about our lives, mm -hmm. well, we've been waiting for that moment. Forever, because that's where all of it lies, anyways. Exactly. Oh, we're just little actors. Yeah. You know, it's like musicians want to be comedians, comics want to be actors. Oh, we want to. Oh, we want to just be up there and, you know, accepting an award, <laughs> a, an accommodation. Or, so I, I just want to thank all the people that helped me get here. Just recognition, oh, acknowledgement. That's why social media is so fucking fantastic for comedians because it, they can finally just be famous. 
and not even be famous. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But you took you were serious about acting though. You actually like stopped comedy for a second, right? And jumped tried to make that your career for a I, second. Yeah, I stopped. I stopped for two years when I when I started in Boston. I took an acting class from this guy Peter Kelly, and he was he was just he was one. He's just got. He's one of those guys, you know, that has it as far as teaching goes. Mm-hmm. He was just an amazing teacher. And I took a small class with him by accident. I was supposed to be in this other lady's class at this casting agent. And he walked in. He's like, I need another person. And I, ju- I immediately just shot my hand up. And he was like, let's go. And I, I wound up in his class by accident. And I remember the first thing he said, he goes, okay, my first question before we do any of this is, who wants to be famous and who wants to be good? And he goes, and there's no wrong answer. He goes, either answer is perfectly fine. I don't want you to think there's a right or wrong answer. And some people said famous. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay, got it. Just to know where you're at. And, of course, most people are like, I want to be good. You know, but you can be both, too. You know what I mean? Some people, you can be both. I, th- I think that's the value of social media for comedians, though, because now more than ever... Like, I feel like we all start because we're like, well, I'm the chosen one and I was meant to rise up and be the best comedian to ever breathe. And then now it's like, or I can just create a successful, sustainable career that I have a comfortable house and a comfortable living. And it doesn't have to be superstardom anymore. There's comics that are lucky and they're called famous. Mm. That's it. They're just lucky. The right time, the right place, whatever. The right situation. I mean, you can say, are they better than anybody else? I don't know. I know a lot of guys in Boston, Massachusetts that are in their 60s and 70s that are the funniest guys I've ever heard. And you don't even know who the fuck they are. Mm -hmm. Is that luck? Or, you know, certainly not, you know, talent because they have the talent. They're fucking hilarious. So why, you know, it's just... Some people are very lucky, and there is luck in this business, and hopefully you get some of it. You know, I've had some of it. I, all my friends have had some of it. It goes away. But mm. if you have the ability... There was one thing when I started acting in Boston. I booked this movie. Um, this, uh, this kid, uh, he was... Uh, I think he was in BU. He was in BU Film School or something, and it was his... You know, his last, what do they call that? His thesis. Their thesis, yeah. yeah. This film was his thesis. And it was a mafia film. And I worked at an Italian restaurant in the north end of Boston. So I remember we, uh, the guy that they booked to (laughs) play the mob guy was, uh, he booked it. And then he uh, he was gay. But when he booked it, he was very Italian. And then. When we were doing the first rehearsal, he decided to be gay, like a like a he was, and he was like, "You took my money," <laughs> and the kid was like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "I have to, I have to. It's a seed that I plant. It has to grow. Just trust me, trust me." And he's like, "I'm filming in four days. I can't <laughs> fucking trust you, dude. You you auditioned like a mob guy. Now you're acting, you know, a little effeminate. It's." So he kept doing it. We rehearsed for like two hours. At the end, he was just like, you took my money. And he was like, dude, I don't, he was freaking out. I don't know what to do. Yeah. And I was like, I know some people. 
So I took him to my, I called my friend Steven Giorgio, who's one of the managers, kind of. A wise guy? Well, uh, uh, I can't say that, but let's put it this way. I took him down to the North End, this little Asian guy, who the director and writer of the film, and uh, Steven walks up, and he's in a tracksuit with gazelle diamond glasses, and he walks up to one group of old Italian men, talks. He's like, I'll be with you in a minute. Then he walks over to another group of Italian guys. One more second. Then he walks over to another group of Italian guys, whispers some stuff. And then he walks up to, to us. He goes, I'm in more huddles than an NFL quarterback. <laughs> and he goes, he grabs the kid. I'll do the movie, but not for you, for Bobby. He already agreed to do it. Wasn't even asked. <laughs> and he wound up doing it. And I remember he brought like real guns. He was like, you need some real oh guns? Oh, my god! I was... It was the best. I remember he brought him into audition. He called me up the night. He goes, Bobby, I don't do lines. I can't remember nothing. Of course. So I said, uh, don't worry about it. You'll be fine. We're just going to just know a couple of them, and then we'll improv it. So we bring him into the thing to audition. Same place as the other guy that was the, you know, the gay guy uh-huh. that was the mob guy a week ago or a couple of days ago, whatever. And uh, he goes, uh, so he, had, he goes, so I come in, I go, hey, I'm sorry. And he goes, you took my money, you fucking piece of shit. And he, he goes, what the fuck is right? And he starts, snaps, and he grabs me. He starts banging my head off the desk. <gasps> you took my fucking money, motherfucker. And he throws me across the room. <gasps> and I slide into all the chairs, and I smash into the wall. And Eric, the director, was like, that's it. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, no. No, he really hit me and really threw me. Steven, I'm like, you can't. You, d- you like, can't hit people. I have a concussion. You can't. Yeah. You can't hurt people, man. He's like, oh, Bobby, I'm sorry. I just got into it. Mm-hmm. You told me to get into it, and you're right. I, so, I, that was the first movie I did. And from there, I got another movie, which is what people think like acting in this business. It's like I said, it's luck. It's, it's favors. Mm. It's friends doing something. So it's, it's like. You know, it's, I think that's me. Is that my pocket? Oh, was it? Yeah. It's, is it you? It oh, no, I put it on vibrate. No, it's me. Um, but that, that is what I've heard. And, you know, we've almost done 200 of these episodes. Yeah. And a common, probably the most common theme is like all, most of your opportunities are going to come from people you know. It's just, it's, it's friends. Mm-hmm. It's friends. It's people that know you from something that will give you something. It's you know that movie led to another movie, led to a play, mm. and and I was out of comedy for a, over a year and a half. And you know, meanwhile, Patrice, Billy Bird, Dane Cook, Bob Marley, Gary Gullman were all doing stand up every night. So I was kind of left behind. <sighs> a couple years. And what what brought you back into it? Everything was done, you know? The play was done. Mm-hmm. I did the play, uh, like an off-Broadway play, and it didn't go. Went for a month or so. Um, and then I went back to comedy. But, I, I, you know, when you're a comic, it's like when you get back up on stage. But here's the funny part. I went back, and I was so far behind that I couldn't get on. And people that I thought sucked were ahead of me. And I remember sitting there going, you know what? Fuck this. I think I was talking to Dane. I was in the back and I was like, I'm out. Fuck this. This piece of shit's on right now. I gotta fuck. What? I'm sitting here. And he's like, dude, just hang out. You'll, you'll, you know, you'll get your, you just hang. You just gotta be here. 
just get a hang. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And right then, that's when Noxie, Kevin Knox, who's one of the greatest comics ever in Boston, who's passed away now, he came up. He goes, you want to do five minutes? I was like, yeah. And I went up and killed. And from there, he would put me on every week. From that, I started getting up over here. And then I started getting up now. Okay, mm -hmm. he's legit. And that's what young, we all want somebody to tell us we're good enough to keep doing it. We all want some, one, one of the guys to go, you're good. All it is is showing up. Mm. All it is is being there and having the desire to be funny. That's all it is. Getting on stage and being there. That's it. Because if you're not there, you're not going to be there when they go, you want to go on, mm -hmm. when they need somebody. And if you're not doing it all the time, you're not going to get better. How how often were you going up? Like, what is because we're? I mean, this is this is Dane Cook. This is Bill Burr. Like, you're Gary Goldman. I know you were waiting tables with at one time. Like, you're you're with these superstars of comedy, like in the grind mode of comedy before you're anything. Before there's opportunities, like yeah, we what didn't is know that about hustle? We didn't know opportunities back then. Uh -huh. We didn't know. We weren't thinking about fucking TV. We weren't thinking about. We weren't thinking about any of that shit. Everybody want, you know, that's the one thing. We were just thinking about getting on stage and being funny. That's all we were thinking about. Where are we getting on stage tomorrow? Stage time. Where are we getting on stage? Mm -hmm. It wasn't about five, a year from now. It wasn't about any of that. We did whatever we had to do job-wise so that we could go and be on stage that night and do stand-up. And then hang out for hours and make each other laugh. Mm -hmm. the, that was the. Uh, that was it. That was fine. That was enough. How often were you on stage? Every night. Every night. Every night we could get on. We were run. We were running from you know driving a half hour to get on stage, do five minutes, and then flying to another club, a half hour away to try to get on stage. Maybe not even get on stage. We're running back and forth as much as we can to get on stage mm -hmm. and we were going on stage with some of the best comics in the world like some of the funniest people ever were hosting and on the show with you so you're following just murderers people say why are boston comics good because we had to be the stakes were higher we weren't in front of fucking crowds that were you know our friends or you know nice it was a bunch of Boston fucks who paid money to laugh. <laughs> and then you had Steve Sweeney and Kevin Knox and Don Gavin and Joe Yannetti and all these guys on the show too. So be funny or be gone. Mm. There was no time to not have your shit together mm -hmm. and have the confidence to get on that stage. And 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 so yeah, it was it was crazy. We went on a lot, man. But we we cared more about I think that and we cared about the hang. The hang after was the shit. You know, sitting in front of the club, going to Dominic's, getting a slice, and making each other laugh was, you know, just as important as... Because that's where your funny is. That's mm. why if you look at all those guys, where none of us are alike on stage. We have similarities, but we're all very different. Because we learned how to be funny as ourselves. It's like we're off stage, being, a funny, being funny, making each other laugh, you know, 
in front of Dominic's Pizza Place at one in the morning. So we were bringing that up on stage. We weren't watching mm -hmm. TV. We didn't watch other fucking comics. We didn't sit there and YouTube comics for hours mm -hmm. or watch late night sets and, oh, that's how you do it. We didn't do that shit. F I don't want to watch other comics. Fuck you. I'm a comic. Get on. <laughs> let me get on that fucking stage and tear it up. I'm going to go do me, whatever that is. So, you know, that's why when you see us, even back then, we came to New York. We were all different. Yeah. All different styles of comedy. We were kind of creating our own thing up there because we were taking what we were off stage and bringing it on stage. And so I, I think that's, I mean, I, I like that. Are you listening? Like in conversation, whenever you get a laugh, are you like, okay, let me make note of that to take on the stage? Or it's, you focus on how you're saying things? Like yeah, how do I mean, you get that translation? Like you talk, I just talking to Quinn upstairs bitching about somebody. Somebody on fucking Twitter, on Instagram, gave this famous comic three prayer hands, gave me two prayer hands. <laughs> I mean, gave another comic two prayer hands, and I didn't get any prayer hands. It's like, you motherfucker. You're a grown man. <laughs> I'm a grown man, but it's like, why didn't I get fucking three prayer Why the fuck are you letting us know how important we are? <laughs> what the fuck? And he's like, if you don't do that on stage, I'll, I'll never talk to you again. It's like, all right. Wow. Okay. So it's, yeah, man, it's, I mean, look, I, I, I have no problem. I have no problem with people learn to be funny. I don't give a shit. But you're not going to make me laugh sitting down. I'm not going to go have fucking coffee with you. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go have a slice of pizza with you and fucking bust balls. Because you're not funny. You can be funny. Great. <laughs> go ahead. But mm. I like funny fucking people. You know, the people I hang out with, the people I know make me laugh off stage. And then they go on stage and, and, and do stand up, you know, but. But they, they're able to be themselves on stage as much as they are off, which I guess takes time, but it uh, starts with an awareness off stage first. I just think now comedy has changed. Now you can watch 70 fucking hours of your favorite comic on YouTube. Mm -hmm. You can sit there and just mimic what that is you know it's just i mean it's just an illusion it's it's misdirection you know it's uh, blah 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 and the blah 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 <laughs> i mean that's all it is it's tempo but then i you know i know guys who go on like you know like patrice would just go on stage and be him people would walk out of the room oh my god you know billy burr same thing jim norton is just diabolical on stage. It's like, why would you even fucking talk about that? And it's like, because that's him. You know, that's his thing. So, so he is off stage. Those are the, those are the comics that it's. I mean, it's not the fast road, but it's like it seems to be the long but sustainable road. Is like the comics, like you're saying, like a Jim Norton, like Bill Burr, Patrice. These guys were always focused on just being authentic on stage and over time we that focused on it we just were it just were it's, you no, can't there like no diagnose option. it right okay it's not like we could go home and there was no youtube there was no fucking comedy central there was, you know it was just starting mm -hmm. you know what i mean the comedy saturation hadn't it happened but it was on like you know uh evening at the improv and 
comedy starlight and you know stand up stand up all those sh the, that show where everybody did like seven minutes of clean material you know what i mean and it's just tight and just yeah bounce, and, and bounce, that was bounce, a big bounce. thing when i was coming up like you gotta have seven minutes of clean material but we were we all came up with like go fuck yourself <laughs> none of us want to be on that horse shit mm -hmm. none of us want to do evening at the fucking improv who the fuck wants to do that hey how are you fuck off Watch that show now. It doesn't hold up. You know? So what can comics do now to... Like you said, comedy's I think, changing. I what think can comedy changed. I mean, you know, I, th I, I, th I don't know. I think... I mean, look. What's the last special you saw that was like, wow? Uh, Shouldn't even take you that long. Right. True. Did, at, when you asked us, you know, prior, live in concert, Eddie Murphy Raw... Eddie Murphy, Delirious, George Carl. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Now there's so much shit out there. That's what was going through my head. You yeah. saw so many things that you don't know what the fuck to pick. <laughs> yeah, and you don't exactly. even know. You're, you're nervous to tell me, like, is this a good one? Exactly. Because you don't know. Mm -hmm. but nobody knows the greats. I mean, yeah, Chappelle, right? Burr, I guess. And, you know, maybe Ellen. You know, there's so much stuff out there right now. It's hard to, you know, but I think somebody's going to do it. Somebody's going to pop out. Somebody's going to have something where we're going to go, what the fuck is that? Mm. Usually in comedy, when it gets saturated, somebody just takes a left and does something different, you know? What do you think that would be? Like I don't know. VR stand-up or AR no, stand-up? I think somebody's like going to just say, fuck you and talk about fucked up shit and... And you're going to have to deal with it mm -hmm. and not care. You know, Eddie Murphy on Delirious came out and said shit and got shit from everybody, you know. And then he just went up and raw and talked about it. You know, there was a real gag on top of the car. Go, wee, wee. I mean, you give a fuck. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, you know, I think something like that will happen, you know. Um, I don't Maybe not. Maybe this is just what it is now. Maybe comedy is just little pockets of these people like this and those people like that and the masses, you know, like the, this. And mm -hmm. I have no fucking clue, dude. What was it about Dane that erupted? What was his luck? What was that spark? It's just, it's just dude, you know, he was uh, clean, yet edgy, good looking, you know, young, energetic. You know what I mean? He, uh, he, I mean, people talk about giving away. So funny, people are like, you got to give you, you, you put your stuff on Instagram, got to give it away. Dane did that shit back with Napster. Mm -hmm. He gave his whole album away on Napster. It was him. People weren't stealing it. He stole it and gave it away mm -hmm. and made it look like people. And then people were just stealing his stuff, but they were sharing it. He knew back then you need people to share your shit. Get them into you first, and then you can charge them later. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of coming back now, like Andrew Schultz. And exactly. These guys are like, just fuck it. Give it away. You know? Um, because the model was a couple years ago, or five years ago, you work your ass off. Comedy Central or one of these people give you a special. You do an hour, and then you're in. Now you can, now you can sell out rooms or theaters, small theaters, and build from there that's gone you, nobody knows why anybody gets this 
people have specials and you're like what that's not even stand up. That's not that's a story. Like yeah. that's a TED talk. I don't even know what the fuck that is. <laughs> I didn't laugh for fucking three minutes. I didn't fucking and when I did laugh, I just went, ha. Ah, that's not stand up. Yeah. Stand up is every thirty seconds, stepping on someone's neck. Fuck you. I'm making you laugh. I have people come up to me after my show, dude, you made me laugh the whole time. What? Yeah, what the fuck? What did you just see? Well, I saw a comic couple weeks ago and I, I you know i laughed but it wasn't the whole time it was you know like, well, all right well i don't know what the fuck that is then. you see that that's where it's changed also is it's more just like it's not funny but it's it's ironically not funny or yeah, it's like not funny it's or it's like, interesting yeah it's yeah, called it's a one-man a- show i don't know what to tell you <laughs> comedy is you know it's it's a weird now you know like it's it, you you know you want a safe place to do your comedy it's like the comedy club is the safe space we're saying terrible shit mm-hmm. so you don't have to. Mm-hmm. We're literally saying all the things that you think racist, sexist, f- scary, fucked up, hatred. We're discussing that stuff so you can laugh at yourself and go, oh, good, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a racist. I'm just an asshole. And he thinks <laughs> that too. That's funny. All right. And you don't have to, you know. You don't go to work and say it. You're not in the job mm-hmm. saying. You're not in the thing saying. And it's a it's a pressure valve that we release through laughter, so you can go. It's not that bad. You know what? It's he's fucking right. He's right. Mm-hmm. That is fucked up. It's not right. It's politically incorrect. But that's absolutely true and funny. And I laughed at it. So, you know. Okay. All right. Is sometimes they don't laugh. And what is, what is your, like I always ask comics like a story of getting booed on stage or just like the most epic bomb they've had in their career. What, what stands out to you? Well, you know, usually, it's funny, usually people who boo now, <laughs> it's usually one boo and it's usually <laughs> you said something they didn't like. It's like, mm. go fuck yourself, <laughs> fucking child. <laughs> oh, you didn't hear, you got offended. It's like you just laughed at five minutes of shit me making fun of this guy's face. You're fine with that. Mm-hmm. Sure, he wasn't. I'm sure deep down somewhere he was like, this hurts. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But he was laughing at it. But, you, and, and, you know, you don't really get booed anymore. Well, there's got to be some bombs you've had. I've had bombs, like. but, I mean, I deserve them, you know. I shouldn't have been there, you know. Outdoor shit. Yeah. Um, I don't really bomb anymore. I do good... Oh, yeah, this is like in the early days when you're like still trying to figure it out. Yeah, you know? I mean, I've bombed. The, I mean, the worst, the most, I mean, I don't mind. I've had big bombs, but the most terrifying bomb I had was in, in Buffalo, outside of Buffalo. I did an all black underground nightclub. Yes. And uh, <laughs> I don't, I was, you know, I did, I did black rooms all the time in New York. And I love, just all black crowds. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. I'm in Atlanta all the time. Yeah, because they're f- yeah. if you're funny, you're funny. Exactly. They do not not want to laugh. They want to laugh. But right. if you stink, you'll know about it. Yep. But if you're funny, there's no better. And it doesn't matter what you say. If it's funny, they'll laugh. Mm-hmm. Um. And I remember I, I just was so cocky. I I took the train up there, and I remember the guy that picked me up was a legitimate pimp, like he was a pimp. He had a big medallion, and he gave me a big bucket of chicken wings. 
And I was like, I was just sitting in the car with like 30 wings in a bucket in this big SUV. And uh, uh, he's like, yeah, most comics, we get, they love those. And I was like, okay. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't really want wings right now, you know? And uh, he dropped me off at the hotel. And this, I remember this other guy knocked on the door, a big motherfucker. He came in. You know, I'm here to pay you. And he counted out the cash, 2,500 bucks cash on the bed. He goes, count it. I go, I trust you. He goes, count it. I was like, okay, okay. And one, two. And I remember I did this gig. And the kid that went up before me was a local MC. He hated it that I was there. He was like, you're using this fucking piece of shit? And you're not headlining me? And I, he was mad. He went up and buried me. I went up and bombed. I mean, and then this guy from the back said something, and I started trashing him, and I was getting laughs. So I said, I got look at you, motherfucker, you fucking toothpick bitch with a fucking wife beater on. Go fuck. And he charged the stage. They had to grab him. He was literally a murderer. He was like a killer in a gang. And I just was fucking with him. So then I just walked off. Then they had the kid went back up. He goes, ah, I told you this motherfucker. They bring these motherfuckers up. Fuck that. And he started trashing me. They were dying laughing. And this big guy walked up and he goes, yo, you got to go up and you defend yourself. You go to battle. Like, I, like it was like Eminem. <laughs> right. You know, like I was a rabbit. I was like, no, I'm good. And he goes, no, you have no choice. You got to go defend yourself. And he handed me a mic. And as I'm walking up, this kid was trashing me. He's like, nah, man, you going to do this to me, motherfucker. It was a nightmare. So then it all I stopped. I sat over in this room and the guy walked up. He goes, yeah, I'll be with you in a minute. He was mad. He was mad that he had pay, paid me all this money. And I'm sitting there. For two and a half hours, I, it turned into a nightclub. So two and a half hours, I'm just sitting in this little corner. Finally, I just went to this woman who was dating this guy or whatever. And I said, could I go, please? And she was like, oh, baby, all right. And this guy walked over and he goes, yo. Threw this kid to it like a 14-year-old kid, his little cousin. He goes, drive this motherfucker home. So this little kid drove me home in this big <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. I don't care that we get pulled over. Mm -hmm. I know you don't have a license. <laughs> he got me back to the hotel. I got my money. I went to the train station. I hid between a, a soda machine and a vending machine until the train came at like 6.30 in the morning. <gasps> and I just I, I got out of there. It was With fucking terrifying. 2,500 cash. 2,500 cash in my sock. Oh, my god. Waiting for somebody to just... I was just waiting for a couple cars to pull up. Yo! We're going to need that money back. I was like, right. all right, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> I spent 20 on a Coke and a, and a bag of nachos. Yeah, dude, it was bad. How, how long into your career was that? Jeez, man, that had to be the early, that had to be the late, two, late ni 1998, 99, mm. maybe 2000, something around there. You know, it was, it was, it was, I was cocky enough to think I could do anything. And it really brought me back down to earth. So now if it's a certain gig, I'm just like, nah, I'm good. Right. Yeah. But now I have the ability to I, I have the ability to go up. And just Of course. I can read the room and be like, What's up? And if I start to bomb, you know, I bomb now in front of like, you know, uptight white rooms. Because they're the ones who are fucking offended at shit. But I feel yeah. like at your level it's the audience bombing. Like you're capable of you're versed enough in stand up comedy. To where it's like, no, I know what I'm doing. This, this is how it's done. Um, yeah, to some extent, but I still f fall victim to the comic ego. Still, yeah. I mean, that's we all we all have the comic ego, right? Where we're like, you know, I can do this. Of course, you know, I, I can get them. 
I got it's him. Like, yeah, it's like, no, you're not. You're not, <laughs> nah, <laughs> not you. You know? <sighs> you know um, but yeah, I always do good. You know, but sometimes good is worse than bombing. Sometimes a nice bomb is a better story than how'd you do? Good. Sufficient. I did good. Right. That's just the worst. At least to me, it's like you want I fucking killed. Right. You want to be able to just murder. I'm a laugh whore for sure. Yeah. I need them all. Yeah. But sometimes you don't. It's always the worst. Me and Patrice used to do shows together and we'd stand out at the end of the show while the crowd was leaving and see who got the most U twos. So mm-hmm. people come in like, oh my, yo, you're so funny. And it's the other one. Oh, you too. You. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> oh, that always happens too. Yeah, because in, in reality, it doesn't matter. Because at this stage of the game, it's not like I'm, I'm not trying to make it. I've already made it. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe not in the standards of other people. You know, well, you're not... You don't have a bazillion dollars like some comics, and yeah, but I'm fine. I got a house, I got a kid, and uh, you know, I'm you know, I'm working this club. You know, I'm working the Laughing Skull. The Laughing Skull is not an easy club to get into. It's not a. Cl- they don't just let anybody headline here. Right. Yeah. So it's you know, it's like okay, I I can I I only work clubs I like now. I don't work clubs I don't like. I say no. I don't. I say no. Mm-hmm. You know, unless they give me a shitload of money. But there's a certain thing with so as far as making it, that's that to be able to say no, you know, and not be somewhere where I don't want to be doing something for something I don't want to do, being taken advantage of. I mean, that's a fucking huge plus to me. How long did it take you to get to that point? Well, you know, here it took me longer because I had more responsibility. I mean, if it was just me in a one bedroom, I could have done it forever. True. You know, yeah. but once you get a ho- you know, a house and a mortgage and a family and blah blah blah, it's like certain gigs you're like, I gotta take this gig. I gotta go take the hit. Mm-hmm. But then there's a point where you're like, um, I just can't do it anymore because my soul hurts too much. You know, and you're I, I'm not funny here. This isn't what this isn't about funny. This is about selling chicken wings or some shit and Nobody here can't, cares about stand-up comedy. That's why I love the comedy seller. They care so much about the comics performing at their <sighs> fucking peak level. You know, that they, you can't talk. You can't yell out. There is no check spot. There is no fucking... You don't have your phone. They make you put it in a bag. Oh, okay. If, you, if, you take, if you're seen with a phone, you're immediately tossed. You're not asked to put it away. You're gone. That's... Saying our comics are fucking very important, and them being comfortable is very important for them to perform at the best level they can possibly perform at, and it's so true. And and I work clubs that do that now, you know. So I'm happy about that. I mean, look, there's some clubs that I work, like Side Splitters in Tampa. I mean, it's a fucking, it's like the Wild West, but I kind of mm. like that. I love those fucking fans down there, mm-hmm. you know, because they're fucking crazy. But you they, have fans, you know, like it's yeah. people come to see you now. Yeah, but I'm one of those guys who had to turn over, turn over every single rock on the beach looking for them. Oh, really? How yeah. did you find them? You still have to, you know, I have to fucking find my fans. I have to get them. Some people are just given fans. You know, there's some comics that are literally just given a fan base. 
And it's just like, wow. I've been fucking for 20-something years building a fan base of people who like my shit. And, uh, and that's, that's who they are. And I, I'm, they're the best. They come and see me five, six times. Yeah. yeah. How, know, that's great. How can comics start to build a fan base? What kind of tips do you have for that? Well, I don't know, man. It's, you know, it's, it's weird. It's like, you know, you can get a mailing list. You can sit outside and, you know, get everybody to sign up on your mailing list. And, you know, you can do all this shit. I just don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. Okay. Some people, <laughs> some people get one little tiny show on this whatever network and they're famous you know i mean mm -hmm. look at look at girl code a few years ago five right. years ago those girls were like you know openers mcs mm -hmm. at comedy clubs and they did a little fucking show on on vh1 and was it v MTV, right? It was MTV. Like, yeah, I didn't watch MTV. it. MTV. And, and they're selling out theaters. You know? Something interesting I heard you say was not doing things for the outcome, but doing them for the sake of like just doing something. Well, So not having almost expectations, maybe. Well, listen. Like I said before, some people want to be famous. Mm -hmm. and some people want to be good. You know, I think if you worry about just trying to be good, you have no expectations. Therefore, you have everything you need. You understand? Mm. You know, I don't have to worry about the show tonight. I don't have to worry about selling it out as much as I have to worry about what am I going to do? What am I going to talk about? What do I, I want to talk about tonight? What am I doing so that I can feel good? Uh, when I come off stage, you know, um, and the fans or the success will come from that. You okay. never know when you're going to be famous. You never know when that lucky thing is going to happen. You know, look, I was on HBO for nine weeks. You know, I thought f I was going to I thought I was going to buy a Ferrari. I thought I was going to be living in that. bed. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Didn't happen. You know, yet, you know, some somebody does a little shitty MTV talking head thing and they're fucking millionaires. Who the fuck knows? Do you think that person saw me on HBO and was like, wow. And then all of a sudden I'm looking at them going, holy shit. Right. I mean, that you can't really. There's no rhyme or reason to that shit. The fastest horse doesn't win the race ever in this business. So you can't. Look at that. You can't go on Instagram and look at people's you know, fame because it's not real. It's mm. not stoned. It's not a foundation. It's just this thing. I sold out a show. Well, yeah, but there was only it was a 20-seater. <laughs> as a headline, you're like, what the fuck? I didn't, I didn't sell out. I only had 20 people at my show. Yeah, you had the same amount of people. Mm -hmm. It's just his only fit 20 people. And it was in Brooklyn at a coffee shop. Sold out show, man. Thanks for showing up. And you're like, what the fuck? My career, call your manager. I'm fucking, you better do something. It's like, wait a minute, dude. I just sold, I just sold 300 tickets. Somewhere. You know, I'm, I got a theater. What the fuck? Shut up. Mm -hmm. 
you know, you can't look at anybody else's success. Ooh, you can't. Gold. You can't. It's the heart. You will, mm-hmm. but you can't. You know. And I always, I always knew this. You know, talent isn't afraid of talent. You know, it's, it's. You know, I hang out with the funniest people in the world, and we're never really in competition with each other. You know what I mean? I never sit down with Bill Burr and go. Dude, you're doing so better than me. It's we just we know the business. We understand it. You know, I'm funny. He's funny. You know, mm-hmm. and when we sit down and hang out, we just have fun. It's a good time. It's you know what I mean. That shit is never in our mind. We never think about that shit. We never sit there and talk about the business. How? But early earlier on in your careers. Were there moments where you guys are sitting around just like, man, I just don't even know. Like, is no, this happening? Is this going to work? Like, I mean, look, yes. Candidly. At, at certain times when you l- were like trying to get something, like I'm this close to getting a TV show and I really want it. And you're like, fuck, come on, you know? Um, I've, I remember, you know, we've all had those moments. I really want to get this, man. I I need, you know, I need this little bump to, uh, you know, to, to, I need this, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but in reality, it's all going to happen no matter what you do. You know, it's just, it's, it, wh- why were you there? Excuse me. Why were you there that day? You know what I mean? Why were you in L.A. that day and you went up on that show and that guy saw you? You know, why did uh, Billy Berg get booed in Philly Mm -hmm. and went off in the crowd and there was producers there from a thing and they saw why were they there? Why did he get booed? How did how did he know how to be funny? And smash them back. Why didn't he just go fuck you and walk off? If he went fuck you and walked off, a lot of things would have been different in his life. You know? Yeah. Uh, but he still would have made it. Burr would have still made it because there's nobody who works harder than that guy. You know, it's that 10,000 hour thing rings true all the time. Really? Yes. You know? What would he do? Like, what do you mean no one works harder than him? What is. He, well, he would sit down with the computer all day and write jokes and look at the TV and bitch and moan about things. And that's how he came up with his thing. Mm-hmm. He would take what he does talking to us and bring it up on stage and but he would do the work you know what i mean um i never saw patrice with a notepad never saw him with a pen write something down he would just think about something call up me call up keith call up bill and just start talking about it this motherfucker and then he would make you laugh and keep it and then, and then go on stage and be like, ah, oh, you ever see these bits? And then all of a sudden, there's the bu- there's the fucking amazing bit that he just came up with. Wow. You know? Um, so, you know, Colin Quinn writes his face off all day. You know? Colin Quinn takes a subject and just does it his way. It's crazy. You know? It's crazy. Comedy is a fucking sick drug, man. It's a really... <sighs> it's the best. No, it is It is great, but it is, you know, it's a fucking, it's just sick. It's a weird, it's like, why, you know, you can't get away from it. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's, it's like, it's like having a superhero power that you don't want sometimes. 
You know, you just want you just want to be able to look at something normal. Yeah. You know, and just not, you know, fuck it, like be like my wife who's just normal. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But. But that makes it more fun when you can look at, you know, life through that lens. I mean, it always makes it more interesting as opposed to just Oh, it, do, it doesn't passive. make it more fun. Our lives are fucking crazy. We rip everything apart. Mm-hmm. We can't take anything for face value. We don't trust anybody or anything. Everything that comes across our plate, we're analyzing and fucking shredding up to see if there's any... Well, why the fuck did you do that? Why would she say this? What the fuck is that? Ugh, why would you do that? Oh, that's stupid. That's hilarious. Fuck him. Fuck her. I mean, all day long. We're never sitting there going, life's good. <laughs> you know, life's good. Life is, we're so blessed. Yep. You know, we're blessed to have air, <laughs> have the day. We should go take a walk. You say that to a comic. I'm not fucking walking with you, you weirdo. <laughs> fucking walk. Go fuck yourself. But that's why talking to comics is the best is just because there's that shorthand of like we both know none of this matters. It's like we always have an analytical. I'm sure at the seller table, like you getting roasted until you go like throw away some of your clothes, like just having that rapport with other people. That's yeah, the seller table's dead, though, dude. It's gone. I mean, you guys, though. Well, you we're there, there, but we're fucking dead, too. I mean, I mean you one guys, of us is dead, literally. True. One, the other one had a stroke. The other one had a heart attack. I'm probably going to have both very soon. I mean, you think so? I mean, you're working on it. We don't, you know, the table now is so funny. I always say to be funny at at the table or to be funny at busting balls, more important than being able to smash somebody, more important than coming up with a good line about somebody's jeans or face or act, you have to be able to take the hit. Mm when somebody says something fucking terrible about you, you have to be able to go, all right, that was a good one. That's true. All right, you're right. I, you know. And I feel like younger comics don't do that. They go, well, that's not true. I know, dude, we're joking. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> fuck. You know what I mean? Why you're would not, you say that? Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah, you, oh, yeah, yeah. You get fucking, you get, what do you get, fucking a thousand followers, you fucking loser? I have a thousand, and they're the great followers. They're the best. They're, they're, I'd take my thousand over. Ugh. Oh, you suck. That's not true. I have 1,200. I know. It doesn't matter. I feel like not all of them, but even the table, sometimes you have to. It's like, dude, taking a fucking hit, being able to take a beating. If you can't take it, then it's not fun to the people doing it. Right. Because we only fuck with people we, we care about, really. You know, I don't make fun. If you showed up at the table, we might trash you a little bit, but I wouldn't sit there and smash you as much as I would smash Norton. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Voss, you know? Yeah, I mean, he was just on here, and like half the time he was just like roasting everything. Yeah. It was just. Voss is just, you know, him and his wife are two of the funniest people on the planet. You know, they just, they're always going for funny. I mean, they always just say the most meanest shit ever. <laughs> and it's just, they're trying to be funny. Mm-hmm. It's just funny. You know? Trying to make each other laugh is where I think comics comedy starts. Okay. Trying to make other funny people laugh is where it, comics live. 
Because if I don't laugh at it, is it really funny? (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I call Colin Quinn every day or Keith and those guys just to fucking laugh. Because I want to laugh too, you know? I don't want to just be up there making a bunch of fucking people laugh. I think I I need to do that more. I kind of insulate myself. And I'm not, I'll go to a show, but I don't really like hang out much. I'm more of like, all right, let me get to this set and then this set. I'm not, I don't really like do what you said. Pay attention to how I'm being funny around other funny people and really valuing that I don't, time. I don't even know if that exists anymore, you know? It might be a dying thing with us. I don't know. It sounds like Everything, comedians should bring it back then. Well, I don't know. Maybe comedy is evolving into something else. Okay. I hear comics talking about how to make their Instagram better, how to get fans, how to become more popular. And I think people worry about that now, you know? Uh, but even with your show, you're willing to like bring in less known comedians and like younger comics. Like there is something about you. I don't know if it's your art teacher background or it's like you just that you want to like you want to help younger comics. Well, that yeah, I mean that's on my podcast. I've always bring younger comics on or when I went to shows and and then as soon as those younger comics make it, they never talk to me again. Uh, <laughs> is that what happened with Dane? Is that what happened no, with Dane? Dane, no, me and Dane came up together. Um, yeah, you were in an improv group together. Yeah. No, me, no, like, you know, I mean, I think younger comics, really Dan Soder and Joe and Lewis and, you know, that was my, that was my crew. I had my crew with my, my uh, contemporaries, but, those guys and Joe DeRosa, they became my crew too. Because I was always a couple of years behind everybody, like Bill and mm-hmm. Patrice. I, like I said, I took off for a little bit. So I was like always a couple steps behind them. But, you know, I like having young comics on the next motherfucker on my show, you know? Because I like to laugh too, man. I like these young guys. You know, they, they're, you know, like. I remember when I first had Joe List on or even uh, Nate Bergazzi would just oh. sit on my show with little fucking stupid doll <laughs> eyes. And you'd be like, oh, this kid's not saying shit. All of a sudden, he'd just say the most funny, mean thing ever. Uh-huh. Just like a sniper. Boom. And you'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> I like that. You know, um, you know, just, uh, you know, Stavros. You know, I, I used to eat. He used to hang out with me, not even be on the show in, in, in Baltimore and we just go get fucking honey pig Korean barbecue after. <laughs> Me and that fat fuck would just go and stuff our fat faces on, uh-huh. on pork <laughs> and kimchi. And then, uh, you know, now look at that guy. He's, you know, his podcast is taken off and he's fucking huge, you know? So when, when, and kind of landing this plane here, um, what, is there any other advice or like, a story of some of your contemporaries, or is there anything you can leave us with that kind of close us out? I, I just don't, you know, most of you aren't going to be famous. Like, I'm looking right at you. You're not going to make it. <laughs> you don't think yeah. I'll make it? No. I am, I'm definitely making it. You will not make it Look. as, like, Chappelle or... Eddie Murphy, or you're, 
There's no way. <laughs> you're like looking at my shoes. You're not even going to make it to where <laughs> Voss is. Like, <laughs> I don't want to be where Voss is. No, no but you know, <laughs> it's funny. There is, like, there is no advice, man. Mm-hmm. Just, just create. You know, do whatever the fuck. You don't know what it is, dude. Like, you don't know if somebody is going to see this stupid show. And be like, oh, stupid dude. Stupid show. Yeah, it's a dumb show. I mean, it's <laughs> literally stupid. There's no crew. There's no makeup. There's one light from Home Depot. You yep. a Zoom 4H. 4N, not even a, a 6H. No. It's not even the new one. It's the, the four. Literally the original. Yeah. With the two on the bottom. The top doesn't come off. Right. Um, and it's working. And it, I got you here. Yeah, I know. You got me here because you had Voss here. And you got Voss here because you had someone else there. But this might be your thing. This might be a huge show mm-hmm. in a couple of years. Somebody might fucking see it. You never fucking know. The only thing you know is you had a desire to do it. And instead of not doing it, you went and learned how to use that dumb camera. You learned how to use the Zoom. You learned about light. You learned about... And then you reached out and said, hey, would you? And somebody said, yeah. And then every now you're sitting here with me. Yeah. So I, just do it. Just create. Don't worry about the outcome. Don't worry about if it's going to be good. Don't worry about if people are going to like it. You know, of course, I'm busting your balls about not making it, but yeah. you never, you never fucking know. See, that's the thing about the young comics. I said when you bust their balls, what are you talking about? I'm going to be huge. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> uh, we went this whole interview cordial, and now he's like, "Well, let me get all my jabs in before <laughs> we end here." No, I'm just saying. I let you. And you need a workout. I'll let you get some swings in. I think. I think that's the key to it. Is just, just doing it. Just, just do, do it. Do it. Mm-hmm. Do it. You don't know what the fuck it's going to be. Joe Rogan used to have a dude follow him around with video cameras because he just liked making content. He had a JoeRogan.net. He liked making content. That's it. He had a guy follow him around, and he made content, and then all, now look at him. He's bigger than The Tonight Show. You never fucking know what the fuck it is. So don't worry about the outcome. Don't worry about how much money you're going to make. Just do it. Boom. Just make content. Create. Be creative. Go on stage. Tell jokes. Write jokes. Get shit like this. Have shows. Just do it all. Do whatever the fuck you want to do. You know, because life will fucking filter the shit out. Hmm. Life will. MySpace, remember that? It's gone. Tom is a nobody. <laughs> right? Do you remember MySpace? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember MySpace. I mean, imagine that. Everything comes to an end. Everything. Even fame. All that shit comes to an end. All that bullshit ends. So you never know. Just fucking do it. Just just start. Just fucking create. Mm-hmm. Don't listen to your friends calling you a fucking idiot. What are you doing, fucking you stupid podcast? You know? Don't listen to that. Just do it. You know? Just create shit. That's what I would say. And don't ask, what should I do? Just do it. Yeah. Stop asking people for permission to fucking be creative. That's the whole opposite of creativity. You don't ask permission to be creative. Just, you do it. You want to make a short film? Make it with your phone. Mm-hmm. The sound doesn't get a microphone. The lighting gets some light. Who gives? Just do it. And make it. And then let people enjoy it. And they'll tell you. They'll tell you. You know? 
Yeah, people you, will tell you. You made a movie with uh, Bill Burr back in the day and ended up like getting in a festival and all that because you just it. wanted to do it. Just wanted, We were like, just why it. are we waiting for people to tell us to, we can be creative? Why are we waiting for a company that we don't even trust their opinion about what's funny or good? Why are we waiting for them to say, make it? We put our money where our mouths were and we made it. And then I got a book deal with Simon & Schuster, an FX deal uh, pilot. It was in the Tribeca Film Festival from just doing it. Boom. Shut the fuck up. Don't tell anybody. You know what I'm... Just do it. That's all we did. It's great. I love I loved that. that. That's one of the things I love is that me, Burr, and DeRosa just made a movie. And then obviously it was so funny. After everything happened... All these people that called us up that wanted to be part of our thing. I was like, what are you talking about? You want to be part of what? You want to be, uh, we could join forces. Why? Mm-hmm. We don't need you. Why would we? After the fact. We don't need. We just proved we don't need you. Mm-hmm. You need us. You've came up with nothing. You've done nothing. You've created nothing. You put no effort into anything. And you now you're like, hey, will you guys... No, fuck you. It's the greatest power in the world, man, is, is, is knowing that you can just do it yourself. It's a, hu- it's a huge power mm-hmm. so you can just learn how to do it. I mean, that camera, I mean, most people won't do this because they don't want to buy that and figure it out. Yeah. You know, I have that show live from the shed. Mm-hmm. I talked about it for a long time. Nobody wanted to do it. I was like, you know what? Fuck you all. I just went and learned how to, I, you know, we did it. And then it was like, okay, the people that were going to do it with the cameras weren't going to do it anymore. So I was like, all right. I just went and bought the cameras. And I watched video after video how to learn how to use a fucking G, a GH5. Mm-hmm. And it sucked. And I did it. And I learned about lighting. Then I learned about sound. I watched all these videos. Now... A couple weeks ago, Billy Burr came to my house. I filmed the whole episode myself. Didn't need a fucking soul. Nobody. Everything done by me. Editing it on my iPad by myself because I learned about editing. I don't need anybody to tell me I can do something. I have found with this production, I've gone in and out with... I tried to work with an audio guy, and then I tried to work with a video guy, and it just... it all Nothing ever lined up. It all just came down to... You got to do it yourself if you want it done. Do it yourself. Yeah. Just do shit. Just do it. I think that's the key. And I wish you stopped me earlier. I just went on and on. Holy shit. This is good advice. Huh? It was good advice. Yeah, we could have fucking, I mean, just cut that down a little bit. (laughs) Just do it yourself. And then we're done. Just do it yourself. I started monologuing. (laughs) But that's why we're here, you know, to get you on the record. Kind of, this, I feel like this show doesn't exist. So having people of your caliber and experience on here... And being willing to share so much information really yeah. proves we're on the right path here. I think so. And, you know, you're from this Atlanta scene, too, I really like. Yeah, it's great. I, you, you comics are great. You comics are hanging with each other, doing shit. Going for, like, even last night, there was a bunch of comics on the show. And then they, they were like, you know, they were like, where are you going? I'm going to do another spot. And it's like, I love that. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, some of them are hanging out a little bit. The other ones are going to run to do another spot. It's like... That's the shit. That's that. That's a comedy community. Yes. You know, which I love. You guys got a great comedy community here, and you guys really push each other to to get on stage and perform, which is important. 
Yeah, you know? this show started out as kind of like a, a time capsule of Atlanta comedy when uh, we had like, sorry. we had 10 comics on Last Comic Standing from Atlanta and we won it two years in a row. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's a cool time capsule. And now it's evolved into like inside the actor studio for comedy in general. But yeah, Atlanta mm. is where this grew from for sure. Yeah, Atlanta's a pretty fucking hot. You know, and the Laughing Skull is such a great. Oh venue. my gosh, incredible! Yeah, yo, it's incredible. You guys yeah. are lucky to have, yeah, the people that own that, that you know, that run that. Mm-hmm. They f- they really get it. Yeah, they nurture local talent too. They really do big time. They really care, which is uh, you know not you know usually that that's not the case. Mm-hmm. So you guys you guys got a good thing here. You know? And we got uh, we got Gary Goldman coming here in September, your boy. The best. Maybe he'll do this show. He's the best. Well, now he's gonna because you're gonna get. It. I know how you work. <laughs> will he? You got will Gary do it? And the boss, <laughs> yeah, he's good. And then I, and then you're gonna hit him up on Instagram. Probably already did. Robert Kelly did it, and he's gonna call me. Should I do it? I'm like, oh, he's a nice kid. Yeah, do it. And that's the that's the shitty business. That's the shitty. I thought business. it was comics helping comics. Yeah. Well, first of all, well, I've never seen you do comedy. That's true. So, it's, and I don't like to interview people until they see me perform because yeah. uh-huh. what worries is like they're like, oh, he's pretty good at interviewing. He probably sucks at comedy. It's like I usually I feel like you don't meet a comic till you see them on stage, and it's like I don't I like people to have the context that. I am like a comedian first. I trust you. It's all right. you. I was just joking again before you. I got so us, defenseful. Oh <laughs> what a fucking asshole. I just want to tell Gary, don't make fun of him. Because <laughs> he gets uptight. Gets all whipped up. Fucking Christ. Dude. Are you married? I am married, yeah. How many kids? Uh, I have a dog. It's not a kid, you fucking it's idiot. It's close. No, it's not. Not even near it. Dog's going to die in five years. I hope Kid so. Lives, outlives you. But my wife, like you said with your wife, she's like everything. Like, I mean, she's a great motivator and oh, like, right, yeah. it's just kind of like the, the foundation, the anchor. Right. Well, that's great. You need that. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Need that stability. Yeah. I'll tell Gary to do your fucking show. Gary. <laughs> that's what you really yes. wanted. You really. No. You, 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 the evolution of this is, all right, if I get, I don't want Voss, but I'll get Voss. <laughs> That way, I at least get Robert. I, I, I would take Robert. I really don't. I want Gary Gullman. How do I get Gary Gullman? And you and your wife sat down. She was like, well, just get some of his friends and work your way up. And that's what you did. So you'll have Gary. Yes. What if I tell him not to do it? What if I say, dude, don't do it? I mean, you know, this business, oh, it all comes back around. Again. Oh, here he goes. That's right. He doesn't, he's like the Dutch. He doesn't get sarcasm. <laughs> Is this possible? Well, well I went back and forth. In our interview with Rich, I went back and forth with him. But yeah. like with you, I just kind of like. No, I'll, I'll tell I'll you, you have it. No, you you, you, it. I don't need it. I don't need See, this, this is just condescending and cunty. Uh, so you're getting defensive now because I'm jabbing back and now you're like, well, he's just being cunty. No, that is cunty. Now you're being cunty. You're more cunty. Now you're analyzing it in a real way. What a fucking loser. Listen. Well, uh, we both took him personally. No, no, no. I'll tell Gary to do it. I will. That's so no, nice. This is good, a good little interview. It's I appreciate it. I appreciate easy. it. Yeah, no problem. And you got me coffee, so I appreciate I, it. I, I try to appease. Yeah. So yeah. in uh, the final thing the guests do, if you wouldn't mind looking at the camera, letting the world know who you are and why they should listen to Hot Breath. This is Robert Kelly, and you should listen to Hot Breath. All right, Robert Kelly, thanks for being on Hot Breath, my man. Awesome.
I told you how, brethren and sistren, things are heating up. We are rapidly approaching 200 hot breath episodes. Just last week with Cedric the Entertainer, we celebrated four years in existence, and now we are rapidly approaching our 200th hot breath episode. And with that, we are celebrating a tour my friends and family. I am going out on tour this October. I've already booked dates in Arkansas and Louisiana and Tennessee and North Carolina. But if you want me to come to your town, reach out to me directly, joelbyerscomedy.com, or you can connect with me on social media, at joelbyerscomedy. Let me know what town you want me to come to. I'm willing to travel. I want to connect with you. I want to learn from you. And work together and build this community we're doing because just like getting Robert on here was part of the community we built here just like getting Cedric the Entertainer was part of that community and now hopefully as you heard in this episode Gary Goldman hopefully we will be getting him on there definitely connect with me on social media follow and all that jazzercise because I will like we did with Cedric I will be launching a Get Gary campaign so we can get him while he's in Atlanta here soon. So definitely follow, keep up with us, connect with other listeners on our Facebook page. Hot Breath Comedy Network is what the Facebook, the secret Facebook group is called. And if you'd like to support the podcast, if you enjoy what we're doing here, if you have learned from this show, if this show has been there for you in hard times, you can support us by going to hotbreathpodcast.com. There's a place where you can donate if you just want to drop a dollar or two. No donation is too small to really help this production remain free. If you want to sponsor the podcast, if you have a show you want to promote or another podcast or whatever it is, let's discuss. Reach out to me directly, joelbyerscomedy.com or hotbreathpodcast.com. Let's talk, see how you can sponsor the show. But overall, we did just drop some new shirts so go and at least check out the new merch we have because I know you're going to want to wear it. So all that being said, let's connect. Let's stay woke, if you will, in this comedy world. We are building so rapidly, and I'm so excited you are a part. Even though we're almost at 200 episodes, we are still in such the early stages. So an easy way you can show support, if you don't even go to the website, if you're like, man, Joel spends a lot of time and energy making this podcast. I don't really want to go to the website and support it. Well, if that's the mindset you're in, the least you could do is just share this with other comedians. That has been the best way we've been able to grow. So many people reach out to me like, hey, my friend at the open mic yesterday told me about your show and now I'm completely hooked. That is really a good way to spread this and keep us building because I'm telling you, with the guests we're getting... It's only a matter of time before people are like, hey, what happened over there? And they're going to be too late. We're going to be on to the next. So thank you for your support. I'm so excited for you and us that we're a part of what is about to become the next Hot Breath Comedy Network. So all that being said, thank you for all the time you spend. Thank you for all your effort. Thank you for the commitment to comedy you show. And finally, at the end of all these episodes, I thank my wife 
Aaron Byers for making this theme song. And she also wants me to remind you that I do uh, set reviews for comics. I do Skype sessions with comics because that is my wife. I am the trophy husband, if you will. You'll learn more about that soon. But all that being said, thank you, thank you, thank you. And until next Monday, check out our YouTube as well. We got video up. All right. Let's get out of here. Go on with your comedy hustles. And until next Monday, right here on Hot Breath. Hot Breath. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. No problem, man. I'm glad you're doing it. I'm glad you're... Uh... You know, busting your ass to get this shit done. Oh, I, I'm uh, I'm booked in Chattanooga all weekend. I drove back last night to oh, be no here. Oh shit, for this. man. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I'm glad you're doing it. It's uh, this is a cool little thing, and I'll tell Gary to uh, just tell Gary to give me a buzz or hit me up. Uh, my brother. All right, Robert. Have a good one. All right. Let me know right. when this comes out. All right. I, I definitely will, man. Have a good show this week. All right, peace, bro. This episode of Hot Breath is sponsored by our Patreon. If any of our content has helped your comedy career, join our Patreon linked in the show notes and get positive comedy karma for life. Probably.